I speak to you in the name of Jesus, who is the light of the world. Amen. Please be seated. As I reflected this week on this rather long reading that we've just heard from the gospel, this was the question that came up for me. When is the party? When is the celebration? When is somebody going to say about this amazing miracle, this is so awesome, this is so great? Close your eyes for a minute. Imagine what it would be like to be an adult and to have only seen darkness in your whole life and to have your eyes open and to see the beauty of nature or to see the beauty of maybe the building in which they were in or maybe to see parents for the first time. Where is the party? It's, um, as I mentioned, a rather long reading. And we offered David an intermission, if he would like, in the course of, uh, but, but he soldiered through this very long reading. Um, but I found, as I reflected on this reading myself, I found myself hovering on the first words from the disciples. Because as they witnessed this man blind from birth, they turned his situation into a theological debate. They want to discuss the problem of evil, an important problem, uh, a timeless question, a question I suspect we all ask. But it strikes me as you picture this scene that the recognition of his humanity, the recognition of what he has going through his whole life has been uh, made secondary to how they want to come to understand the problem of evil in the world. They want to have a theological debate. Jesus will have none of it. We move on in the story and we meet the Pharisees. Um, uh, maybe <laughs> counterpoint of contemporary clergy, maybe Episcopal clergy, right? And uh, as they witness this situation and as they have seen this man delivered from blindness, this amazing miracle that has happened, they do not throw a party. Instead, they want to get caught up in Jesus breaking the rules of the Sabbath and to say that the rules of the institution preempt mean more than this amazing, graceful miracle that has happened to this man. I wonder if you've ever run across those kinds of ways that people try to preserve institutions without any sense of the humanity existing around us. Then we come to the parents, and the parents, out of fear, deep-seated, legitimate fear about what would happen to them, uh, can't seem to enter into a celebration of what has happened to their son. They are so caught, so caught up in the grip of this fear that they're not able to recognize this great news, this great thing that has happened. This is a story of who is really blind and who really sees. And as we read this story, Jesus seems totally uninterested in a theological debate about the problem of evil or about whether he or not he had kept all the rules uh, of his own tradition and institution or whether fear could grip his life. Um, and as Holy Week comes upon us, there was plenty that he had to fear. And yet his uh, 
mode, his way of being, was to look at this man and to bring him the amazing grace that delivered him from his blindness and set him on a whole new course, gave him a whole new life. And I just wonder what that says to us this morning. Where we find, where do you see yourself in this list of characters? Maybe we're all a bit uh, of, of, of all, maybe a bit of all of these characters finds the, the, themselves lodging in our hearts and souls and minds. Um, but Jesus invites us to another way. We've been reading, uh, in case you've noticed, on Sundays in the season of Lent, we've been reading very long passages from the Gospel of John. These are actually passages from the beginning of the church that were used as preparation for baptism that would happen on Easter, and they are about what it means to be in the life of Christ, what it means to be baptized, to come into relationship with Christ. So we hear about Jesus meeting Nicodemus, Nick at night. Nicodemus, this story of him coming, this old, confused, concerned uh, religious person, and Jesus engages with him and talks about what it means to be born anew. We read uh, last week about the Samaritan woman. A woman comes to the well thirsting, not only for that water, but also for, the, for, for love and for life. We'll read next week about Mary and Martha and the grief that besets them and uh, at the death of their brother and how they are promised new life and how they see that new life come about. And all of that is to say that, um, in the words of the Super Bowl commercial, Jesus gets us. Jesus sees us. I didn't think I would ever quote that, but I just did, <laughs> right? Right? Jesus sees who we are and invites us to new life. That may include theological debate and may include rules of institution and may include a dealing with our own fears, but mostly is about coming to understand the grace and the love that God has for us and that, uh, and that sharing, sharing that with others. So the question I come back to, <laughs> who is blind and who really sees? And how is it? How is it that we are looking at life? Because that is a choice we are given, right? So I'm channeling my 60s self this week and thinking of Joni Mitchell's song, Both Sides Now, right? And you can look at life from both sides now. Depends how you look at life. Maybe Joni Mitchell was channeling Albert Einstein, although I'm not sure she was, who said that we have a choice about how we look at life. We can look at life as if nothing is miracle or as if everything is miracle. And maybe he was channeling Howard Thurman. He said, if God is the creator of life in its totality, that everything has candidacy for God's high and holy end. Everything has candidacy for God's high and holy end. Can we look at life that way? It begins with meeting Jesus. Just as Jesus met these people, he invites us into relationship to see that he is the light of the world, to take our blindness and to open our eyes and to see how we can move forward in his way, the way of love, 
the way of compassion that means confused old religious people and Samaritan woman uh, scandalized and this blind man and Mary and Martha in their grief that meets people like that meets people like you and like me with this just amazing grace. And then he invites us, each of us, to open our eyes as his body in the world to look at each other with compassion and to see the human need in front of us. That may be the homeless person that we pass every day on the street. That may be in our political sphere, the migrant who's traveled hundreds of miles in fear to come to a better place. That may be people in our families or our workplace or our home to whom we are, have been blind to their needs and to whom we need to open our eyes and see and convey the love that Jesus uh, shows us and calls each one of us uh, to, to celebrate. So there is there's celebration in this long reading, actually. There's a party, and it comes as this man at the end of this story worships Jesus. And, you know, the bulletin says that we come to celebrate the Eucharist. So there's celebration here at this table behind me as we come to celebrate that we are on the receiving end of amazing grace. And we're still um, in Lent, purple abounds. We're still in Lent, a season of self-examination, and maybe that's an opportunity for each one of us to think about how we need to have eyes open to each other and to the amazing miracles that God puts before us every single day. And then come to Easter for that grand celebration where we celebrate God's new life in Christ, God's new life for us. Amen.